What's up, everybody? This week on Past Deadline, I talked to Courtney Pedersen about the Meal Swipe program at Central Michigan and how that got started and some of the backlash maybe that students had before this program was implemented. Welcome back to Past Deadline. This week, we're looking at meal swipes. I have Courtney Pedersen, a CM Life staff reporter. Um, how did exactly this program kind of come about? Like, how did this get started here at Central Michigan? So it depends on who you ask. But essentially, they did have a group in place. I think starting in the 2018-2019 school year, and it was like a subcommittee of like a bigger committee. I think it was the subcommittee of the um, wellness, student wellness collaboration or whatever, or collaborative, whatever it's actually called. I don't know. But what they did was they were like trying to come up with ways to like deal with the food insecurity on campus. So um, I guess they had been looking at other universities and what they were doing and they started to do a couple test runs here. But then students, last semester, specifically in November, students started to get really cranky about it all and actually, like, went to the um, to Twitter to, like, complain about the fact that their friends can't use their student ID to get into the meals, like, to, like, the cafeterias and how they would, like, have to pay for it. And that just became a huge thing because if your meals are already paid for, why does it matter who uses them? Yeah, and I think anyone who was here at that time had to have come across at least a little bit of it on Twitter where it did just one day it become a whole thing where you had different groups kind of trying to argue like, hey, we're working on it, but students were like, yeah, you're working on it, but that's not quite fast enough. Mm-hmm. But you pointed out a little bit that depending on who you talk to in the administration would kind of depend on whether or not they believe that the student protests and petitions and the Twitter backlash actually led to this. So I talk a little bit about what your experience was with that and who you asked and what they said. And we'll, you know, kind of cut to some of that sound, too. So what so I like covered the protest and dealt with a lot of the stuff beforehand, although I didn't write like the first initial article about the tweets. And then I went to interview President Davies. And this was the day before Thanksgiving. Like, I just wanted to go home. Like, I was super excited. And I get into Davey's office, and I was there to interview him about his year at CMU, which I didn't even end up writing because I got so involved in this meal swipe thing. And he goes, yeah, later today, they're going to be releasing one of my presidential perspectives. Yeah. And they were going to post one of those. And he was like, yeah, so we'll be posting that, and it'll be saying that the meal swipe thing, that we will be creating a meal swipe thing. And I was like, oh, do you think the students, like, actually like, helped expedite it. And he goes, well, I wouldn't say the students expedited it and started telling me about how he personally, like, how, like, the university had been working on it and it wasn't necessarily the students who were helping. Would you say that the um, Twitter, the the situations that have happened on Twitter and, like, the petition and the protests and stuff, would you say that that expedited getting the Meals White Bank to started? Um... I don't know if I would, I mean, when you say expedited, I think that, that there were, it raised the, the issue mm-hmm. uh, much higher and made it, made it much broader. And mm-hmm. I think that is important. I think that is an important uh, mechanism. I think it provided a platform uh, mm-hmm. for the students to uh, increase the urgency of the situation. Um, 
the committee was working. I won't mm -hmm. say that it was not uh, working, and I think that's an important mm -hmm. part. Um, I think that, again, uh, one of the, as you mentioned, one of the challenges uh, that uh, you have, we are a very large community with a lot of different individuals doing a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes those things do not come together. And the, the uh, social media post uh, mm -hmm. that uh, occurred over the past uh, mm -hmm. couple weeks, um, uh, there was a lot of good information. Mm -hmm. There was also a lot of misinformation. And I think that's an important part, too, that when, when individuals see things on social media, uh, to take a step back, mm -hmm. to ask themselves questions, and ask, you know, what's the important side? What's the paradigm? Uh, mm -hmm. This may or may not line up with my uh, thoughts about certain things, and why doesn't that? And mm -hmm. uh, before immediately responding and, and everything else, to kind of take a stock and say, let's get the entire picture. But then I talked to Cal Seeley from Auxiliary Services, and he was like, uh, yeah, 100%. It was like the students who expedited it. We weren't going to do it until next fall. Student feedback on Twitter and the poll that went mm -hmm. up impact our timeline or expedite things? Absolutely. We were working on them. We're going out sooner than we had anticipated. Um, but mm -hmm. we were hoping for a, a fall of 20 launch. Yeah. So like, as you're listening to both of those, you know, sounds, it's hard to say, like, I will give the university credit, like, they're already looking into it. Mm -hmm. You can't deny that they were. But to say that the backlash on Twitter didn't exactly affect it, especially when you have people saying it did, it seems kind of silly, especially when you consider like, they we're kind of doing it secretly. Like we hadn't heard about it. Mm -hmm. Students hadn't really heard about it. You know, I think maybe some people in the RHA had said that they were aware of it, mm -hmm. but then the Twitter happened, like the Twitter posts mm -hmm. happened and all that. And then suddenly it's like within weeks, it's like, yep, here we go. We're, we're rolling it out in January now. And it's like, okay. Yeah. It was super quick. Like, so the people from Mary St. John, I think is who it was from RHA. She like posted something about it online about, Hey, we're working on it. We want to make something like this Wipeout for Hunger initiative. And she was, like, saying that they were really trying. But then when I tried to reach out to her, she actually, like, didn't answer me. And I emailed her, like, four times. So I'm sure, like, they were working on it and that, like, they were really helping. But when I, like, went to talk to a lot of people about it, there just wasn't enough information for me to go and, yeah. like, go off of anything. So I think that the student, like, especially, like, seeing how quickly the turnover was like the tweets were out like during the week and then that sunday there was a protest and then that wednesday davies is like yes we will be now having yeah. a swipe bank like there obviously had to be some like help from that protest to get it started yeah and it's it, i mean even if it's one of those things where maybe you didn't realize if you're an administrator how big of a deal this was to mm -hmm. students but then the second that protest happens you have to say like okay like people care about this let's get it done and it actually i mean we'll talk it turned into basically two different programs mm -hmm. the meal swipe bank and then the dollar meals mm -hmm. can you break down for us like what the meal swipe bank is and then we'll go into like what the dollar meal situation is so the meal swipe bank and I don't even think the Meal Swipe Bank is necessarily what students were asking for. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's, like, a good step in the right direction, obviously. Yeah. But so all of the guest wipes from last semester have been put into, like, unused guest wipes have been put into a pool. And students who believe that they, who are, like, hungry or, like, just want the meals 
swipes for food insecurity reasons can request them from like the food pantry site and then they will get 10 meals for that semester and that's but like no more they can only request request them once a semester so with that and I think a lot of students were hoping that they could just that when they talked about a meal swipe donation that it would be their leftover swipes from the week that they don't use. Yeah. But that's not what it is. And then the dollar meals. So that I that was actually, I guess, supposed to be this semester, like regardless of okay. the other students, uh, like regardless of the whole protest that was supposed to be this semester because they wanted to come with like an immediate like action like plan of action to help with like help combat food insecurity so the dollar meals are leftover food from the food courts and the down under food court and they are sold on in the down under food court on monday and thursday from 6 to 7 p.m and they can only be bought with cash and the students will have the opportunity opportunity to get um, a sandwich, a bag of chips, a dinner roll, and soup, I believe. Yeah, and I think both of those programs are a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the $1 meals one kind of eliminates two problems. One, just wasted food. is mm-hmm. It's a good thing. But then also just providing an opportunity for people who, obviously, like you said, you can only get so many meals from the swipe yeah. bank anyway. So you're still dealing with that the rest of the semester. In your opinion, from people you've talked to, do you think that they'll take more steps with the Meal Swipe Bank either next year or in the future, or do you think they'll run with this for as long as they can? I think it really has to do with this with CMU's budget. So when I was like when I talked to Alexandria Gray, she was say she's the one who like started like the tweets and stuff, and she was t- or I'm not sure if she started the tweets, but she was like a big part of that. Yeah, and she started the petitions. She was telling me that she thinks that the students that like this plan, this like current like plan and like program has a lot of room to grow, and I agree. But I also know that CMU it this doesn't like affect the CMU budget whatsoever. Because it is all based on absenteeism, according to Cal Sealy. So they know that not everyone is going to use all their meals. So that is, like, taken into account for the budgeting. So they're not going to let people donate those meals. And then, because that would totally, like, raise the budget or raise the cost for the meal plans. And if the meal plans raise, then people are going to get upset. But I do think I did hear from Cal that they should that although this doesn't like affect the program, it's like for like fighting and food insecurities. But they are trying to implement a like next year, like block meal plans is what he called them, which is essentially like the commuter meal plans where like you can get a certain amount for the semester Mm -hmm. so that there won't. And those can be for students who live in the dorms. Like, that's what they're trying to do. I don't know if it will be done. But they're trying to do something like that because people are so mad that they buy so much food for their kid and then you barely eat it. So Interesting. I think that would be 
I don't know, a step that Mm -hmm. could potentially help this and limit some of the other things. And I'm intrigued how the university will continue to respond. It's because they've still kind of said, like, we're a semester early. So, Mm -hmm. like, do they expect kind of some bumps and bruises this semester or have they got it pretty much figured out, do they think? That's a great question. So my issue was I tried to get a lot of my interviews before winter break. But this was, like, exam week, and every time I was talking to someone, they were like, well, actually, we're working on that this week, or we're working on it next week. We'll give you more over winter break. And then I had a lot, and they were like, well, we don't actually have anything else to add. So it was really hard to be like, so you said you were going to get more, but now you don't have anything to add type deal. So when I would talk to them, they, I got a lot of, like, like, it showed that they weren't really sure what was happening and that they're trying to work towards food insecurity, but I don't think they necessarily have a plan of what they want to do. Right. Just because this was so rushed and they're just trying to figure out how to handle this, I think. When you were researching all this stuff, Mm -hmm. did you talk to any like other students and things who might've been affected by food insecurity or who had friends or people that they know? So that's really hard because a lot of people who do have issues with food insecurity Mm -hmm. just don't want people to know. Right. And I think that is a big thing with the food swipes, the meal swipes, is because people won't have to know that you have food insecurities. So I didn't really talk to students, like, about it, but, like, I talked, like, I obviously did talk to some students, and they definitely did think it was, like, a good idea, but they also were like, this isn't what everyone was asking for and like a lot of people do use like of course there are a lot of people who don't use meal swipes but then people also use meal swipes and I think or like the guest swipes and I think the ones who use their guest swipes are the ones who would be more likely to know what's happening and to donate them right because I feel like people who don't use them probably just aren't like super involved on campus so they probably just aren't aware that they should that they can donate them mm-hmm. so i'm not quite sure how that will like affect it and how all the, the students are reacting i know that like people are like okay at least they're like the university is doing something but not quite what everyone was hoping they would do yeah did you run into anyone or have you seen like comments or anything on your stories that where people are concerned about the budget piece of this as a student? No student is concerned about the budget yeah. because this, like as as a student, I don't care about the budget. Like I know that the university is having budget issues right. and enrollment issues, but I do know that compared to the money I have in my bank account, the university <laughs> has much more. Right. So I, I don't care about the budget just because I know that of how much food is going to waste and that, like, the university should be doing more. So I think a lot of students just don't care about the budget because they don't understand it. Right. And, I mean, this eliminated the $25 fine as well, which is kind of how this whole thing got started where... Did it eliminate the $25 fine? Not that I know of. So really? I, the $25 fine isn't necessarily just for meal swipes. So it has to do with anyone who uses your central card. Okay. So if I were to take your central card and try and get into like your residence hall or wherever that, or whatever I wanted to do, and someone caught me and were like, yo, you're not him, I would have to pay $25. Okay. 
So it's like it counts for that and for meal swipes. Right. So as far as I know, I should I like no one had told me anything about whether or not it eliminates the twenty five dollar fee because I guess no one cared about that. Right. Um, I don't think it does. That would be yeah. a great question, though. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, like in those other situations, you know, getting into residence halls or activities, that's not going to eliminate it because meal swipes don't relate to those things mm-hmm. necessarily. But it would be interesting to know, like, if is there a way where if you had a friend dealing with food insecurity and you lent them an ID, your ID, that this would affect it? I don't I guess we don't really know. I, maybe it would depend on if they've already gotten 10 meal swipes from the like, the bank or whatever. Yeah, I think I I think that if like they catch some like they're still going to be hard on people using other people's yeah. cards for sure. Like I think Do you think in any way this would make them like more concerned about <laughs> it because now they're saying, "Okay, we've offered this program. You almost really have no excuse now." I think so, but I also think the issue that lays there is it has more to do with the people who work in the cafeteria. Like, a lot of students don't care. Like, if I were to work there, and, like, I'm sure that, like, their supervisors are strict, but I also feel like they have a lot of freedom mm-hmm. on their own. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if no one's watching over your shoulder yeah. the whole time. So maybe students care way more than I think, but if it were to be me, I don't think I would care that much. Because, like, I know last year, my roommates and I would use each other's car- Like, my, my, I lived with, like... Like, we would, we all didn't eat there a lot, but, like, one time one of us forgot a card, so we just used someone's again, like... Yeah. They're not, like, no, they're not paying that close of attention because they just are there to get paid minimum wage. Yeah, like, they're just student employees. Yeah. Maybe they don't care that much about the budget. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I think that's really what it is, that, like, it's the... Like, I'm sure the supervisors care because I'm sure, like, it is a bigger issue than we can all see, and maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But... It's not like we ha- personally, like, it's not going to affect that student personally unless they get caught, and they probably won't. So, I mean, unless, like, it could be a way bigger issue. And I, th- but I do think they're still going to continue to catch people because they have a program. It just depends. And then the fi- kind of the final piece of your story is about what CMU was already doing to kind of combat food insecurity. Can you touch a little bit on what they already had in place prior to all this? So last year, I believe, like starting in like 2018, the fall of 2018, they opened a food pantry where any current CMU student is eligible to get get food from them. So they like started that and... <coughs> Sorry. Um, so they started doing that, and that worked really well. And now, so, like, I think that, and that has grown a lot, and they have added to that, actually, like, they're adding to it right now. They'll be adding a care pantry, is I believe what they call it, mm. where you can donate, like, paper products okay. and a bunch of other products to them, like, school supplies and, like, very basic cooking supplies for students to get who need that. So there, I think that's really growing and that's really being, like, utilized on campus as well. Do all of these programs, like, are they run by the same people and they're interconnected or is it, like, three separate entities that just happen to fight the same problem? So 
I think I like they're all run by the volunteer center and they're all run by the food pantry. So I know I talked to Courtney Cook a lot about it and she's like the graduate assistant at, mm-hmm. for the food pantry. And I think a lot of it goes through the food pantry. Like if you go to their central link, you can volunteer for any of the programs. You can sign up for the um, one dollar for the meals wipes and for the um, food pantry. So I think they're they're all intertwined. So it really is like an incredible way that at least the correct step that Central is taking. So if you are a student and you're listening to this and you didn't know about any of these programs, if you didn't run through CM Life this week to see the food insecurity stuff and you're dealing with some of that, check it out. Like you said, I think Monday, Thursday was $1 meals, 6 to 7. And the food pantry, is that every day or how often is that? I'd have to double check. The food pantry is Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m., Wednesday from 3 to 5 p.m., and Friday 12 to 2 p.m. And it's located behind Robinson on North Campus. And then, obviously, the meal swipe bank is the the biggest the biggest change there but so that's a really cool story focusing i guess more on your journey here at central michigan life what have you done so far for central michigan life and kind of what's your been your journey here oh um so i'm a sophomore and last year on the very first day of classes i turned in an application for cm life like the very first day of classes and I guess I had my resume with it because my mom's an HR manager. She's like Courtney resume, like. So I turned it in a resume, and I guess when Sarah Kellner, one of the like the university desk editor last year, saw it, she was super impressed that I had a resume because no one turns in an application with a resume. So she goes, "I want her," and she yeah. calls me, and I like get an interview and get my first assignment within the first week of classes. So I've been working at CM Life. This is my fourth semester, and I've been doing university-related stuff the entire time. So I did mm-hmm. like I've always been on academic co- like at least one academic college throughout okay. working. What was your first assignment? Do you remember? Yeah. So it was this brief for um, the Barstow resident artist last year, and I literally spent like five hours writing a brief i don't know how like i don't like now thinking back on it like i don't know how someone can spend five hours on a brief yeah but i did and it was like 150 words like i wanted to like impress the heck out of everyone and it was a brief so like i did that and then they ended up having me cover it too and i was terrified i got there like 30 minutes early like it was ridiculous do you have a favorite assignment you've done so far Okay, so I think one of, I have a, I liked Threads last year. I covered Threads fashion show, and I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed this, like, because, like, it was my first cover story. So I was super, like, yes. But I was also super sick when I covered it. Like, I had a fever, and I really should not have done it. But I didn't <laughs> tell my editor I had a fever because it was my first cover story. Yeah, and am I going to give that you're up? like, I got to get this. Yeah, so I go, and I cover it. And I, like, go back, and I write it all that night until, like, 2 a.m., and I literally pass out on the floor writing it. And I wake up, and I find out my roommate, 
who was wasn't as sick as I was, she went to the ER while I was covering this event. Oh geez. And I was like, hmm, I probably shouldn't have covered it. <laughs> yeah. But like it turned out really well, so it's fine. And then I also this year I went and I c- went to the courthouse because we had the first female judge of Isabella County was like she like this year in the fall. So I went and I interviewed her. And this is when I was in the crisis of what I wanted my minor to be. Yeah. And it was cur- it was Spanish. I was like, Mm-mm, no, I'm not doing Spanish. Absolutely not. So I went and I and I I went and like talked to her and I sat through four court cases because like she would like I was just waiting for her and she was like running behind. She was like, you can just sit, sit here. So I sat with them and they were just like, oh, like traffic violation like nothing too exciting and i was like this is what i want like yeah. i love law so yeah. i changed my minor to legal studies and like okay my entire pathway so like that that was just a really cool story and i really enjoyed writing that one too so and so this now was cool. yeah so now you're a journalism major with a legal studies minor and yes hoping to go into like court journalism yeah i really like the idea of going to legal journalism like court reporting yeah um doing stuff with like prep like journalism law and like specifically FOIA laws and like working with that and like who knows maybe I'll go to law school we'll see when <laughs> I get to that point in my life yeah like once you're done with school if you still want to do more school you yeah it'll be I think I'll definitely go into the field for a while and then if I'm like hmm law I'll go to law school so you've known like since you got here that you wanted to do journalism like what does journalism mean to you Wow, that's a great question. So as a child, I would play with my Barbie dolls. Okay. And I would write newspapers for my Barbies, like little stories. I would like have them do things and I would write about it. I'm like, Barbie did this. I can't believe it. Like it was literally like I would just write the news stories. And I was like eight. And this is just what I would do for fun. So I guess I kind of always knew I liked writing and like Mm -hmm. journalism and it was always something that I was like, this is what I want to do. And then when I got into high school, I was like, I either want to do script writing or I want to do journalism. And then, so I like wrote for the school paper. In my senior year, I was super excited. I was going to work, be an editor for the school paper. And then I was also going to do a script writing class. But then I found out that they were at the same time. So I did choose. Ooh. I was like... And I ultimately chose journalism because I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to choose my career essentially right now. So I chose journalism and yeah, it's like, I don't know what, like journalism is just a necessity. Like if I don't, if I'm not, if I like goes a while and I'm not writing something, it feels so weird because I have to write and like ask questions and like do journalism or it's weird. Is there a certain type of story that you enjoy writing more? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I feel like I have better momentum when I have like a like when it's like okay, it's an event, and you have like two hours, right? Yeah. But also, I don't th- I don't enjoy sitting through events that much. So, I think. I definitely prefer news because I like being able to, like, find things out and be like, yeah. ooh. And so I think I just really enjoy news because I like having to, like, know what, like, knowing what's up with the university. 
But I also really enjoy <laughs> going to the searches. Like, when they're like, okay, we need a new provost. We need a new, like, assistant, like, president, like, like, all of these different, assistant dean, like, or associate dean. I think those are so much fun just to sit through them because you learn all these, like, all these people are basically, like, trying to sell themselves. Right. And, like, most people there don't really care that much. <laughs> and you're just, like, listening to them and you're like, hmm interesting and like i don't know or like board of trustees i love it like listening to people of power like kind of argue with each other and like i just think it's so interesting (laughs) and like gives you like more insight on like the university and kind of makes it more of a satire to me (laughs) like hmm these are the people like they're like fighting over like i can't believe like Last year, like, academic senate, they were, like, fighting over, like, snow days and, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, these are the people we, like, look up to. Like, it's just so funny. These are the people in charge of all of our money. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. Awesome. (laughs) I I can't imagine, like, sitting in on basically on someone's interview, like, in recording it. Like, that would be tough. As As the person being interviewed, too, you would just be, like, oh, like, this isn't just me and these people. Like, this is everyone. Yeah, I think it's re- it's really funny, though, because, like, they know that, like, because everyone's there interviewing. Like, anyone yeah. can ask questions. Okay. So, and obviously when I am on the ground with my cell phone taking photos, they know I'm a reporter. I have yeah. a CM Life sticker on my laptop, which is out. So they know. And when I, because we usually have the reporter ask one question to every single candidate, no matter, like, who the reporter is, just so... And we, like, compare them. So they, like, when you ask that question, they know you're a reporter. So they try to give you the best answer. Yeah. And it's just so funny because they're like, yes, my, like, like, they, like, try to answer that question the best. But most of the time I don't even include that specific question in my (laughs) article. You're like, that's not giving me anything about you. That's PR. Exactly. Like for you. Have you ever had a university official or something like that? not know what CM Life is and be like, um, what? Mm. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't think so, but I do know I when I covered, like, the State of the University address and mm. I was at, like, the reception afterwards, there was um, a new administrator and I was talking to her and she was just so excited because I was the first person from CM Life to talk to her and interview her because she was hired like two weeks before. Oh, wow. So I get, I don't know if she didn't know who we were. I'm sure she, like, I, I think she did, but she was just like so excited because she like hadn't really like been involved. So I think most of the administrators usually know who we are. Yeah. I'll say 90% probably. Yeah. When you start getting in, into athletics. It gets questionable. That's fair. I don't really deal with that. So, what's your favorite part about working for and with the people here at CM Life? Huh. Um. I guess working with the people at CM Life really like gives you not only a place to go in between classes, but like people because like. I probably would have dropped out for a semester last year if it wasn't for the people from CM Life. Okay. So I think it's just, like, kind of the community. And, like, although we don't all get along and we don't even all talk, it's just, like, no, I can go sit in the CM Life (laughs) newsroom and probably find someone to talk to. Yeah. And, 
like, also just being able to be like, yes, I'm a CM Life reporter and, like, ask people questions about things just so you can, like, know more. Yeah. And it just really, like, if people have questions, they're usually like, hey, what's up? Like, they'll ask me because, like, Courtney probably knows what's up. So Yeah. Yeah. You're a CM Lifer. You know yeah. everything. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me here on Past Deadline. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. As always, pick up a copy of Central Michigan Life. They're on newsstands all around campus. Follow us on social media and always check out what we're doing at cm-life.com. Thanks.